0: You know, the cynic in me uh, is wanting to say, "I told you so." I told you so. This this wasn't the real United. This was just this was just a, an anomaly, much like last season in the spring when we had that anomaly as well. We're back to normal. Rubbish against Watford. Rubbisher against West Bromwich Albion. Um, the other thing that is probably worth pointing out, as the Cast
1: fan base has made no bones about pointing out at length. Uh, the podcast came back again and United went terrible again. The correlation is starting to look like causation. I think it was the Galluminati.
0: Clearly. They clearly did the thing. So so which, which rubbish United should we talk about first? Rubbish United against Watford, who won. Rubbish United against West Brom, who lost. Well, I, I thought we,
1: we really vastly improved in that second half from an attacking perspective. There was a good 10 minutes at the beginning of the second half against Watford and not against West Brom, obviously. But the other cast related thing about that Watford game was just the f- fact that me and you had a bit of a lively discussion about the relative merits of Daley Blint at centre-back. Uh, your argument was given some strenuous uh, evidence to work with. Uh, one of the worst performances I've ever seen a, put- a footballer put in.
0: Well, you know, Van Hal talked about him being in the red zone. And uh, mm, there, was, there was some good evidence of that. Yeah, He's not that bad. <laughs> See, I'm going to defend Daily Blint. I'm not going to use it as an opportunity to talk about just how many passes he misplaced or how many times he got the wrong side of the defender or tackles he missed or runners he failed to track or headers he missed or just general mistakes he made. I'm not going to talk about any of that because... That would be unfair. That would be kicking a man when he's down. Uh, Yeah. But he was was rubbish,
1: but he's not that rubbish. It it was a bit of a problem. I mean, the the thing you can't really accuse Daley Blint of is not using the ball well. And he uh, gave the ball away 29% of the time. (laughs) Like... That is very nearly thirty. That is a truly remarkable number for Blint. Approaching Wayne Rooney-esque numbers. There. <laughs> yeah, uh, he kept, get a dig in quick. He just kept trying to. Uh, Rooney hasn't played or featured or been in any news stories, but you've still found a way to get a dig in the in the opening. Yeah, so it was just dreadful. He kept giving the ball to Igalo, who kept blasting it wide. Igalo, who I know. has been quite public about being a Man United fan and lived the top-red dream of playing at Old Trafford and making sure his team didn't beat United.
0: Yeah, Igalo's had two bad... I mean, let's not talk about Igalo too much, but not only did he miss, miss a bunch of chances against United but he did the same at the weekend as well so it might explain some of Watford's problems at the moment. Been in a bad run of form for sure hasn't scored for months. He has Um, yeah so look United were very lucky against Watford I mean like it's hard to say that United were the better side I'm not sure that we were Um, it certainly wasn't a high quality game on either side both sides giving the ball away a lot both sides making mistakes Um, But just the amount of chances that Watford created and could have scored with, and if they'd had a couple of strikers in better form... Um, and on a couple of occasions, uh, not met D- D- David de Gea, then then United would have lost that game. You know, all in the details, but this was not a good performance. It wasn't even close to a good performance, was it? It was it was a bad one. I mean,
1: there was a big improvement in the second half. If you look at the shot count, I think it was eight to five in Watford's favour in the first half, and I think eight to six in United's favour in the second. Those numbers can't be right because United ended up having slightly more shots, like one more shot than Watford. And, and and I thought it made a big difference when when Van Gaal swapped Rashford and Martial around, which was kind of interesting. Because in the first half, he played Martial at, uh, on the right, kept Memphis in the side, played him left and played Rashford at centre forward. And this was an interesting decision. Um, he keeps trying to play Martial on the right, and it keeps not working. And there was there was kind of more evidence of that. But then uh, Rashford looked brilliant on the right. Completed five dribbles in the second half. A really electric
0: performance. He was very very positive. He he did exactly the same thing that he's been doing up front. Gets the ball and and he's going to be very very direct with it. I mean, he's played in that kind of position or right across the front. Um, in all the youth sides, anyway, so it's not like this was a you know a new thing to him. But I thought he did very well in that game. I mean, we can talk about West Brom in a second because that was a different different game altogether for Rashford. But yeah, very positive. I mean, the the thing is, you know, with with um, Matt trying to dictate play, and he actually had a good game against Watford, um, one of the few I thought anyway. And and Depay and Martial and, and Rashford up there, you've got plenty of flexibility, loads of pace, and some very very direct players, you know, definitely not the kind of thing that Louis van Gaal likes normally if he had a choice about
1: it. Which he proved when he had a choice about it and dropped Memphis like a hot something uh, for the West Bromwich game, very depressing selections uh, Matters free kick what a moment, captain of the club just starting the beginning of a glorious week for Juan Mata, that uh, there may be an element of propaganda and the pro-Mata agenda in, in that spin on things
0: well, uh, let's give him that moment because uh, it didn't get much better from there, did it? But uh, yeah, just so a just a beautiful hit right into the corner. Um, uh, you know, worthy of a of a captain of United, I guess. Uh, but but not really, not really deserved from United. So uh, I guess that made it. All, it would have been sweeter if it was against Liverpool or City or something. But uh, uh, against Watford at home, hmm.
1: I'm not. I'm not sure that it wasn't deserved that United won. It, it, it was. It could have gone either way, I think. On balance, I think I think it would have been no travesty if United had lost, but it wasn't exactly a travesty that they won. And at the time, that seemed like three massive points, right? Because everyone else was falling apart at the seams. Leicester had drawn, uh, Spurs lost, Arsenal lost to Swansea at home, uh, just to prove that their their capacity for Arsenalness has not yet been fully reached. So it was all it was all looking pretty lively and exciting when United won that game.
0: Uh, it, it was, and and you know, talk of of um, a genuine push for the top four was you know was perfectly fair, right? Perfectly fair. So City are managing to city things up, or had been for a while and that's what you get when you fire your manager in the middle of the season and keep him in charge I suppose um, and United are getting what happens when you don't fire your manager in the middle of the season and keep him in charge <laughs> we we're getting Louis van Gaalism all over but uh, he look he was he was fortunate in, in a sense van Gaal at Mata came up with that goal um, for a couple of days it really looked like United were not only back and in some form And getting the points, even when not playing that well, if you want to put a positive spin on it, um, but would really push for the top four. And and all of a sudden, Louis Van Gaal was was right all along, wasn't he? But Um, no. But 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 no. He was then
1: given a choice over what players to play, uh, and that proved to be a mistake. You give him just eleven players, he can kind of construct a kind of interesting team out of them uh some very very peculiar selection decisions uh in the West Brom lineup. So this is what I thought. I thought it was a terrible mistake to bring Damian back at right back uh given how how little attack West Brom have. Uh, and how little Darmian offers going forward. Damian has completed eight successful crosses this season to put them in some con- in the league. To put that in some context, Luke Shaw completed five before he got injured. Um, so it's not; those are not good numbers. Uh, Forty unsuccessful crosses. He partnered in with Jesse Lingard, uh, Lingard who has his moments but is pretty pretty inconsistent, and and the two of them are, are kind of a high potential for just running into blind alleys and and bad things happening on the right. He split up the partnership of Herrera and Schneiderlin, which had actually been working in the centre of midfield. And then he made the really peculiar decision to drop Memphis... I mean, Memphis wasn't brilliant against Watford, but in the second half, he was pretty bright and certainly not drop-worthy. And and here's a kid who's finally got some momentum, he's got some confidence, and of course, Van Gaal just ditches him.
0: Yeah, I mean, Van Gaal's uh, punch on for just constantly moving his forwards around and often playing them in weird positions. Uh, you know repeatedly changing their roles just comes up duff every time doesn't it i did find that quote um, from the guys at red issue um, amusing shall we say so he, it says uh, this is uh, a senior united player to uh, van hal ignore van hal he'll just try and brainwash you which is probably fair but if he's not brainwashing you he's going to confuse you as a forward because he's constantly changing them around um so it didn't work against West Brom. Not much of what Van Hal did work against West Brom. You could probably pick out 10 things he did wrong. Um, you're right, Damian. Very odd choice given Varela. Actually had a decent game against Watford. Um, I did I did see someone say on Twitter, he, he's a bit too much Raphael in there. Um, and that's probably right, right? He's, he's a player who liked to, likes to take risks. He bombs forward. He's very bright and enthusiastic. None of that's good for Van Hal. Damian, safe bet but the problem is you know and we, we talked about it remember how excited we were five games into the season or maybe three games into the season none of that has borne out over the longer term and I know injuries play a part part but he doesn't get forward well he really isn't very good in the air um, he's quite safe defensively but he doesn't expand his game at all uh, I have to say that we're excited about the 12 million pounds thinking it's a it was a bargain now it feels like a 12 million pound player which is Again, insane in this market, but, you know, £12 million is is a cheap player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still kind of think that there's there's a lot more to come from him. I do think he has something quite special defensively. Like, it, there, there's so many times when you think a player's going to get past him and he doesn't when he's, when he's on form. But I'd say he's been on form for about a third of the games he's played this season. Maybe, maybe less than that, maybe slightly more. Um, 5 to 8 maybe Yeah but the attacking The attacking thing is such a massive Problem in the system that we play And of course like it became A multifold problem as Beautifully Red Pointed out on Twitter That the um When you don't have creativity from the centre, then your fullbacks become even more important. And, of course, United lost their creativity in the centre against West Brom because the referee did not take into account character witnesses before he made the terrible, cruel, inhumane decision to send off lovely Juan Mata.
0: Absolutely outrageous, wasn't it? So, the only defence I can offer Juan Mata are these. Two two points. One, I'm not sure his was the most brain-dead red card over the weekend because there were some other pretty stupid ones as well okay yeah second one it looked to me like he was trying to pull out and just wasn't quick enough and i don't know whether that's like extra condemnation of him or some kind of really pathetic defense Uh, but i i think he he went to go for the trip and he had a millisecond of second thought and it was too late and and it was a dumb it was a really dumb red card yeah it was definitely as stupid as the red card Chris Smalling got against city which he was absolutely
1: annihilated for the stupidity of and they both have in common This picking up an unnecessary yellow card for stopping a free kick when there's not really any danger. I mean, I know United's defense is really flaky. So the idea that there could possibly be any pressure on them. But in a way, like Smalling's got more defense for doing that because he knows he's out of position. What on earth matters playing out with that first one is Absolutely
0: beyond me. Yeah, don't know. A lovely interview with uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in 442 this month. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, in which he talks about uh, the time when he uh, he got himself sent off for a professional foul. And uh, Ferguson told him, uh, we win fair at this club. Yeah, well, I mean, when matters wasn't quite the same, but uh, pretty dumb and unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, Oli's was very sensible and like
1: uh, an intelligent football decision, albeit ultra cynical. Um, but but Matters was just... I mean, you know, he put on his blog 500 or 400 appearances as a professional footballer. That's his first red card. You're going to get one eventually, I suppose. But um, you want to go out in a bit of a blaze of glory, don't you? You don't just want to kind of like... You oh, know, God, yeah. Two-foot John Terry or something.
0: Exactly. D- double-footed into John Kerry's knee, <laughs> kneecaps, both of them at the same time, bending them the wrong way. That, that's about right. Or maybe Luis Suarez or maybe... When Matter can uh, ship himself out to America and do Gerard. So it's something special.
1: <laughs> yeah, but as it was, he just cost his team really dearly because, you know, I'm inclined to just hammer Van Gaal for stupid decisions and then 1 nil down. Yeah, just take her error off for of Schneiderlin. and it's fine, Louis. It's fine. No, that's fine. It's a good decision. Perfectly sensible. Not. Entirely baffling. And, oh, your sports scientists tell you you've got to take Marcus Rocco off for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, 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 like for like. Just bring on a new left back. That's fine. We're only 1-0 down in a season-defining game. Honestly. I
0: I know. I mean, Herrera was not having a good game. Um, I guess, you know, playing uh, in a lightweight midfield wasn't his thing or something like that. But he he was fine against Watford. But um, he was not having a good game against West Brom. But in the context of chasing a game... To bring on a defensive midfielder that, who probably should have started in the first place, by the way, Schneiderlin. I know he's played a lot of games, but he's actually been good in those a lot of games. Um, and then, yeah, defender for defender at the end. Bonkers. I, I would have even supported, in the context of that game, putting Fellaini on up front and just launching it at him. Um, I mean, for sure, which has worked before at the Hawthorns, incidentally. But the, the thing about Herrera not having a
1: good game, well, why don't you, uh, instead of taking him off because he's not having a good game, how about you bring on the player who gave him a platform to have a series of good games in a row instead of blooming aged, dying Michael Carrick?
0: He's dying of a very slow death, Michael Carrick, and it's not very pleasant. Someone did uh, put a gif of um, Michael Carrick plodding along very slowly. said, it's lovely to see Carrick at full pace. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, looking very geriatric. It's, not, it's unfortunate because uh, I, um, I've been a big fan of Michael Carrick for many years. And I think he's Me been a, a really yeah. beautiful player, uh, vastly underrated and in fact hated by some people, which um, I, I say to you, you do not understand football. Watch tennis or something. <laughs> um, uh, so beautiful player dying a death and it's not pretty at all. What is not pretty, though, really not pretty, is Van Hal's decision making. Because even in the context of Wan Mata getting himself sent off stupidly, this was a United side that showed nothing and showed no ambition. And the manager who sets the tone showed no ambition either. And, and you know, and I know this is really dumb as a comparison because every game is different. I know how dumb it is. Um, but to see Arsenal and Liverpool both go down to ten and actually make a real fist of it, um, and their managers actually go for it, even though they are down to ten, tells you something, doesn't it? I mean, Arsenal, as much as they love arsenaling up in the in the in the springtime, and and it's really funny, were very good with ten players against Spurs very good Uh, and Liverpool pretty good well apart from the first apart from the first five minutes when they had 10 players
1: when they conceded two goals in in hilarious fashion apart from that bit but you know the rest of it there's some real spirit that I didn't think Arsenal actually had (laughs) well no that's part of that's a key part of Arsenaling it up isn't it that you can do it when it doesn't matter that's like that's absolutely vital indeed
0: yeah Indeed, so none of it was pretty, and and then West Brom. I mean, they didn't show tons and ambition. They've not had a brilliant season. They're pretty mediocre as a side, but you know, in Berahino and Rondon, they've got a couple of useful players. Rondon, who scored the goal, um, at the back, they're they're you know they're proper physical, aren't they? I mean, they played four central defenders across there. Rashford basically didn't get a kick. I mean, that had taught him something. I think that um, there are some Premier League sides quite happy to bully him. Um, he wasn't able to be his positive self he he really didn't get much of the ball at all and and West Brom were very secure at the back just one shot on target from United
1: Yeah, there was just a little period where Martial looked like he was maybe going to single-handedly dribble past all of them and score but that seemed to be literally our only chance I've very, you know, this season has been a lot of times feeling hopeless while watching United but this one was right, right up there when you, with the kind of total lack of any sense that they're going to get back into it um and that that that's it, the season's blown. That is the van Gaal pattern all over and and you know, he you just cannot defend that man's decision making. It is it is Maybe not every one of those things that I've picked out as mistakes were mistakes. Maybe he knows better. Maybe Memphis was just about to twang a hamstring or something like that. But it is the cumulative effect of the totality of Van Gaal's decisions that has us where we are. And it's a it's a total mess. West Ham comfortably above us in the league now. We're in sixth place and... and you know, lying in the gutter, looking up at the stars. Liverpool within three points uh, of us. It's, it's, uh, it was looking good very briefly. Uh, the Louis Van Gaal at Manchester United story could be called. It was looking good very briefly.
0: It could be, but do you know what's going to happen? We play, we play Spurs, Arsenal, City, Liverpool twice, West Ham. We'll, we'll win all those games. We'll just lose to Aston Villa and Bournemouth and Norwich. I mean, it
1: is remarkable how terrible we are against the lower-ranked teams. But this one, you couldn't even say this was the thing that was happening for the first two-thirds of the season where, you know, teams we were bad against teams from lower down because we could never break down their defence. We did actually break down West Brom when they just sat back. We looked really vulnerable to the counter-attack in this game. And you mentioned Rondon's
0: goal. Absolutely properly hideous defending for that goal to top it all off. Yeah, and we've seen that far too often this season. In fact, the only way that United are very good defensively is when we're just very, very rigid defensively. It's weight of numbers uh, and not... not, I'm sorry to say, not quality coaching. I I cannot get past the feeling that it was almost inevitable. And, And, you know, I think I predicted a draw, but there's just a sense... That especially away from home, that there's just nothing special coming out of this United side, and and why, and and you know, and there's something in the back of my head keeps saying, no, no, maybe this time is when United just break out the mold and uh, suddenly we're attacking side again, and I was wrong all along, and Louis Van Hal's process has finally clicked and the philosophy is taking hold, but no, 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 we're we're you know one and three quarter seasons through his. Tenure now, and it 's been a total failure yeah and and it 's like
1: the this particular i mean I think last spring we could say this was this looked like vanguard 's philosophy clicking but but this season 's good run of form very clearly looked like it happened in spite of Van Gaal, not because of him, because so many of the games where we played well, we just didn't have the ball hardly at all played like really effective counter-attacking football, which is obviously not what he's tried to set up the team to do. Um, And it all happened after all the players that slow us down got injured. So we had to pick the ones that speed us up. And then as soon as the ones that slow us down came back, back in the side, they came, you know, no Fellaini, but Carrick, you know, Damien was there instead of Varela, but it, the whole thing. Yes, was...
0: yeah. Yep. And and the the level of cynicism is now so great that you know what? We're going to wait all summer waiting for him to be sacked, and he's going to turn up. Uh, as manager of United next season, isn't he? I mean, it,
1: I, honestly, it doesn't seem impossible, such has been the absence of decision-making this season. Although, of course, all the rumours are still that he's gone in the summer, but we'll see about that. And, and you mentioned that we I think we both predicted draws in this game, but I think if either of us had been asked to predict this game after the Watford game, this would have had loss written all over
0: it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have done. And uh, just, just because it, that felt like the bubble had burst, didn't mm. it? Yeah, Absolutely, the the free flowing attacking football, what we'd seen of it, just didn't return. And I, you know, honestly, I, I know I was joking about United beating City and stuff. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know the record against the top sides is pretty decent, but it's terrible away from home. And so I, I think we're going to suffer there. We've got West Ham at home in the cup. That looks like banana skin all over it. Well, it's not even... They're above us in the league. You can't call it a banana skin. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe Plucky United will hold out for a, a replay or something like that. You know, money-spinning yeah, like... <laughs> replay the big club above us in the league. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's desperately sad. We play Spurs um, right now. You wouldn't hope for much out of that. Would you play Leicester? Uh, I mean, Leicester suffering a few gyps at the moment. Of course, you'd expect them to, but I um, yeah, don't, don't feel like Do very... you mean yips? Do I mean yips? What did I say? Gyps. Ah, uh, whatever. Let's do some listener questions. Maybe they've got some positivity for us. At Keith Ward 1213 says, are
1: the remainder of our games an exercise in futility? Uh, very apt question. I, I mean, we could still win a cup, I suppose. Seems that... Seems
0: very unlikely that we could be good for enough games in a row to win a cup, though. I think Van Hal is an exercise in futility. You know, honestly, I wouldn't complain if they just sacked him now and just leave Ryan to it. I mean, seriously, are, are we really hoping that somehow we'll win one of the cups? I mean, I, I suppose that's what we must be hoping. We'll do a preview
1: of the, the games coming up, but it wouldn't be entirely surprising if we were essentially out of those cups by the time we next record.
0: Mm. I think uh, United's best chance of getting into the Champions League is if they get David Gill on the job and and get him to convince the FA that the FA Cup winners should be in the Champions League next season. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you really see us winning the FA Cup? Really? Do you really think this team's got the kind of, I don't know, the, the... the combination of good decision making at the helm and kind of collective mentality to to get through what another three rounds of this competition? No, I think
0: West Ham would do us at the weekend anyway.
1: Mm. There we unfortunately. go.
0: Unfortunately. Uh would you rather the Europa League, the FA Cup or third?
1: Uh hmm, that's a good question. That's our at our Astle 90 asks that question and I think I said it was at Keith Ward one two one three that's the previous question uh, but yeah uh, Richard last asking whether we'd rather the Europa League the FA Cup or third place I think the Europa League seems sort of glamorous and also that means we would definitely beat Liverpool which is
0: good yeah it is I mean it's probably better for the club to become third then you don't go through the qualifying rounds and you're definitely in the Champions League and all of that. But, yeah, a cup win, a cup win would be very nice. And, I, yeah, it's getting all a bit Arsenal, isn't it? Hoping for third place. <laughs> uh,
1: but the Europa League comes with a Champions League spot as well. It so does. It's at least, It does. It's at least partially arsenal to wish for that rather than the FA Cup. Yeah,
0: I can't say I feel very confident
1: about any of that. I've got a question for you, Ed. You know the Adidas clause which says that we uh, have to not get Champions League football back-to-back for two seasons to lose out? Is that just being in the Champions League or is that being in the Champions League group stages, I wonder? Or is it even qualification through the league for the Champions League?
0: You know what? I don't know. And it's not been on WikiLeaks. so (laughs) yeah. Whoever's doing WikiLeaks, hurry up and get it done, will you? We want to see that contract. At Beautifully
1: Red saying, which of the latest crop of kids has you the most excited? I mean, it's got to be Marcus Rashford, right? He, he just he, he didn't have a brilliant game against West Brom, but before that he'd had three really good games in a row. He looks kind of fearless, excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely Rashford. Just just because I discovered him.
1: In it. <laughs> I mean, Adnan would be up there with my answers
0: to this question as well, but like he appears to have disappeared. Such a shame. Such a huge amount of talent, and uh, not all put together. And and something it seems um, a problem with his attitude and or his relationship with Van Hull. It's going to be a huge waste if he leaves and doesn't fulfil his talent at United. But but to come back to the other one, yeah, Rashford's got got plenty. I mean, look, there's still no guarantee that he's going to make it at United, but I think he's got so many tools in the in the locker. Of course, the kid that's the most exciting of the lot is uh, Anthony Martial. Um, does, does he count? <laughs> yeah.
1: he definitely does not I mean Andres Pereira is another one who I'm really excited about but he just like Van Gaal's like now I can't stat pad by giving him another debut I've already given him a debut I'm going to bring James Weir on or whatever At Bergeroux says talking of Adnan after Adnan sent off Fat Man Scoop last week which United player would you like to send off which celebrity Um, so this was in a charity five-a-side game uh, Adnan taking his referee duties very seriously. I would quite like to see, um, Mara and Fellaini send off Piers Morgan, just send him off so he's not allowed to talk in public anymore. That'd be good. Um, I'd like to see anyone send off Kate, Katie Hopkins. <laughs> yes, she's yeah, she's an evil And an actual, actually evil, like, yeah, literally evil. But anyway, um, yeah, so there we go. Um, at Wormito says, given our love of promoting youth at United, can we put Axel Twanzaby in instead of LVG? Yeah, why not? I mean... He could... <laughs> Give it Axel to the end of the he season. He can't do a worse job, can he? I mean, he, he definitely could do a worse job, but it would be tough. I still like LVG, says at underscore Taylor Ben. He's proved he's lost it, but I still like him. Am I the only one? He's definitely got some likeable qualities. There are definitely moments where I still like him, but the collective uh, misery that he kind of provides, the totality of Van Gaal is quite a miserable experience. But when when the grin sparkles and when he comes out with a good line and when he hugs everyone as they come off the pitch against Everton, if it had gone well, it would have been absolutely joyous under Van Gaal, I think.
0: But it didn't. And uh, his charm uh, became arrogance and stubbornness um, and his idiosyncrasies just became purely frustrating. Uh, And the football has always been really, really dull and joyless. It was good when he fell over against Arsenal, though, wasn't it? That was was very good. good. That that will be remembered. But the rest of it might actually be remembered as worse than Moyes.
1: Uh, Yeah, I... The problem is that it now kind of is worse than Moyes, isn't it? That's the thing. Like that is the problem. I mean, I don't know if anything can quite top Olympiacos City and Liverpool of that season, that that run of games, which I mean, that was pretty terrible. Uh, but it almost feels like there's. this is more of an
0: opportunity
1: blown than Moyes.
0: Well, it is. I mean, not only because of the spending, but because you've got a big-name manager who can attract players and has a reputation and a record that should have been more than this. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, in Moyes they made a terrible, terrible decision based on his continuity stroke Scottishness. Um, and and in Van Hal they made a terrible decision based on the fact uh, that they thought they had the manager of 20 years ago. The thing is, they did have the manager of 20 years ago. He just hasn't evolved in those 20 years. Well, no, I mean, that's not even, that isn't even true. Like, he's devolved. If he was
1: playing the football he was playing 20 years ago, nobody would be complaining. Like, a crazy attacking in 4-3-3 and, you know, all that stuff. None of that's what he's doing. This is all the lessons learnt, the conservatism he's learnt over the years, all gone wrong. Um, And talking of all this sort of thing, at Paul Gunning One says, if you could go back in time and see yourself on the day Fergie retired, what would you say to yourself? Don't do
0: it. (laughs) No. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we we had a chat about this slightly before we started recording and... Um, there were mixed emotions when Fergie went. So, on the one hand, you know, absolutely brilliant manager, the you know the the best time to be a Manchester United fan over the 27 years that he was manager, so many trophies and good times, um, and then the mixed emotions part because of his support for the Glazers and everything that has meant um, to supporters, um, and his kind of undying support for them and and defence of them even to the point of attacking fans, made me feel very uneasy at times, you know. So he was a bastard, but he was our bastard and he was a bloody good coach. Um, and, yeah, so I would be now running towards Fergie, saying, begging him not to go.
1: Yeah, so the question is, what would you say to yourself? And I think all I would say is, because right, even then, I think... I've always kept football in relatively decent emotional perspective, but I just would have said, listen, listen, you look yourself right in the eye and say, this is, this is going to get messy. You know how you think actually might be kind of a breath of fresh air, be interesting to have some new experiences. Maybe some people with new ideas will come in and things will, some things will improve. No, it's just going to be horrendous. We're just definitely not going to be able to beat West Bromwich Albion at
0: the Hawthorns. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, well, I mean, Fergie went and, uh, you know, Jose was coming. No, no, it wasn't. It was Moise. Now Imagine, would you Would you have predicted it? I mean, you could have predicted the mess, but would you have predicted the self-inflicted mess that it has been? Uh, no,
1: absolutely not. I, I I, thought that Van Gaal would would be in a position to make a big difference so at Etnar underscore UK says this season is bad so which season has been your favourite and I'm just adding a clause that you're not allowed to say 99 oh come I've on got- no no you're not because that's, em- oh, that's, that, that's obviously the answer because right, I mean it, it's, we won the treble Ed the treble like and and we were 22 and 23 years old at the time so it was like a pretty good time to see your team win the treble uh, my favourite season was uh, the season that I'd love it if we beat them season, which I think is 95-96, um, when we chased down Newcastle uh, and we just won 1-0 every game in March. Uh, Cantona scoring all the goals, except
0: the one we drew won all. Cantona scored the goal. There was a pretty special season. It was also, uh, only three seasons ago, pretty special when um, United won it chasing down City. Uh, Not quite the same length of points back, but uh, chased down City. um, Van Persie was on fire, scored that wonder goal against Villa right at the end of the season. Uh, That was a special season too. Is that one of your very favourites then, that that last Fergie season? It's not bad, is it? It's not bad as a season. I mean, 2008 was great as well, just because of the, the quality of football. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a really good season. There was a really dark period from about two thousand and one to two thousand and five. <laughs> that was bad. That was pretty pretty bad. Um nineteen ninety four, I loved that team. That was great. Yeah. I'm gonna show my age here. Also <laughs> like ninety two. Um yeah. when Oof. the ninety one Cup winners cup. Yeah. Ninety one cup good. winners cup. Ninety two, not so great. <laughs> no, not so great. Didn't end well. It looked great for a
1: bit there. Looked like it was going to be wonderful for a bit. There, the, the first season we won the league was just extraordinary, and then the season after that, when when we won the double, just uh, that goal against Oldham, the Mark Hughes goal in the semi final against Oldham, was just, and suddenly believing that this was all gonna, it was going to happen again, and United were going to win stuff again. And it seemed the idea that we would win the league twice in a row seemed absolutely unbelievable at that time. I know. I mean, it's good to have a bit of perspective, isn't it? Well, sort of yeah, good. It is, uh, and I know we've basically mentioned every season that we've been alive now. But um, the season uh, was it oh five oh six or oh six oh seven when we got the league back from Chelsea. Um, Their first sort of emergence of Ronaldo and uh, Mourinho. Are you listening? You better keep our trophy glistening. That season, that was pretty fantastic. Uh, just because it, it, it felt like the end of their era. It felt like a real achievement to have,
0: to have hauled in that team, you know. Um, oh, and now Nostalgia is looking back at Moisey with his uh, charity shield and going, oh, the good old days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and talking of dwelling on past glories, this Thursday, Manchester United travel to Anfield for the Battle of the has uh, Liverpool against Manchester United. Two teams that so loathe each other they have become each other. It's a it's an epic Shakespearean tragedy. Uh, will the game be a tragedy for Man United
0: fans, Edward? It might be. I mean, the the thing about Klopp is that the the results have been pretty mixed, haven't they? Under uh, under Klopp, um, he's he's not turned them into world beaters by any means, but he's given them some belief. Um, so I think they'll be coming into this game, you know, fully believing that they can beat United. Uh, and they can uh which is the sad thing isn't it um, so I, I, I don't know exactly what will uh, will what will turn up, but I expect Van Gaal will make some slightly odd decisions and United will be pretty negative about it and will be looking to get out there with a draw. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I kind of feel like maybe in a way the, the tale of the Michelin game tells something of, of, of how he'll approach the away leg. He will want to keep that tight. And that, that isn't a bad thing in, in two-legged strategy. Although I wonder whether actually our, our level of competency is so much greater when we try and seize games that it's a sort of it's a strategic mistake if not a tactical one you know or a tactical mistake if not a strategic one the the other thing i think is i can't also shake the fact that he has beaten liverpool four times although not Klopp's liverpool and we really really have done better against better sides teams that are teams that want to attack us um so You know, except when, of course, when Arsenal wanted to attack us earlier this season, we just let them.
0: (laughs) Um, So that would be bad if that happened, of course. Yeah, it would be. And also, we're not that good when we're just totally open. Um on account of our defenders being a bit rubbish. Um but Liverpool, look, they're on a high. They just um they, they very nearly won the League Cup, very nearly, you know, pretty unfortunate in that one. They just smashed City and then they won at Palace. I know everyone wins at Palace these days, but
1: Yeah, except Liverpool, right? So yeah.
0: <laughs> it's pretty amazing that they did. So, you know, they're coming into this game with confidence, no Ooh. doubt. And yeah. United are not. And yeah. that might make a big difference. It might do,
1: um, although again, like, then there's the thing of Van Gaal's been best with his back to the wall, um, so maybe there's there's some chance. Although it doesn't seem that likely at the moment, does it? Um, I, you, I wonder what I've got no. I've no sense of what team he's going to pick. You know, is he is just going to completely revert to type and bring Antonio Valencia back and play Fellaini and you know all that kind of stuff, or will he go... I mean, you can't see him, like, for example, he's not going to play Schneidel and Herrera and Varela all in the team, is he? That's just doesn't seem likely to happen. No, a bigger question, will he play one matter? I mean, he really should, right? Because, because, I mean, just for fitness reasons, if nothing else, he might as well
0: play Mata. Well, he's suspended for the previous game and he, and he's a stubborn git who will, uh, um, you know, you, you, you know the way he thinks. Uh, and the way he thinks is that... Matter won't play in the, the next game, the league game. While well, he'll play, he could play in the cup, I suppose. But I can, I don't think he can, can he? I think once you, I think it's domestic suspension oh, is it all domestics. Yeah. Well, okay. There you go. That's perfectly logical thinking from Van Hal. He can't play Matter because uh, he he can't play in the next game. So he'll bring in Fellaini at number ten. <laughs> but why not
1: Why wouldn't you just think? Um, well, I can't play Matter so I can give him a rest in the next game. So I'll definitely play him in this one. Paul, Paul, that would be Plus... sound logic. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Van Gaal. So, yeah, a bit bit depressing. Then then I'm not much more optimistic about West Ham in the Cup. West Ham having an absolutely superb season, uh, a defining characteristic of which has been their ability to get results away from home against big sides. Although, whether they consider that us a big side anymore or not, given they're looking down upon us in the league, is
0: another question. I mean, just an amazing game at the weekend when they came down... That- Back from 2-0 down against Everton, albeit Everton with ten men, Morales, another pretty stupid booking that one. There were quite a few at the weekend. Um but West Ham scored three in the last twelve minutes to win the game. I mean, they're they're going to be absolutely buzzing against United. They haven't got a Thursday night game to contend with. I mean, it, it's it's this is hard to say, but are they not favourites to win this game? Even at Old Trafford? They are not
1: quite favourites. In fact, they're fairly heavy. Um, United are odds on at the moment at 19 to 20. Um, So... We'll see whether that changes based on the Liverpool result. But for now, at least, the bookmakers don't make West Ham favourites. Uh, whether that's doing West Ham a little disservice. You could get 4-1 to one on West Ham to beat Everton, which seemed an extraordinary uh, number, given the um, given the, the, the season those two teams are having. Because there was ba- barely anything surprising about West Ham coming back to beat Everton, was there? Everton, who have been...
0: Well, they're having a worse season than us, and that's saying something. That is saying something. Now, since we're talking odds, 5,000 to 1 you could get on Leicester winning the Premier League title. Um, There were apparently five people who uh, had some money on that. Four of them are now cashed out, including one who cashed out at £29,000. Would you have cashed out at £29,000 or gone for the hundred?
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't have bet in the first place, so we've got to get that, that clear. Um, you know, it's a huge hit to your expected value, obviously. The expected value of your bet is much higher than the cash out you're offered. But it's thirty grand in your bank account, isn't it? And and while it would take... I mean, we really have reached a point where it would take something of a Leicester collapse for them not to win. I'm not sure it would be particularly shocking if they did collapse in this brand new situation obviously they're now favourites to win the league but um, I, I don't I think you'd not You'd hate to see that figure get smaller and smaller and smaller as they kind of lose game after game
0: from here on out. Well, that's true. That's true. Wow, they've got such an easy run-in. I mean, um, I wonder... I mean, their record against big teams is very good, right? So may, maybe they'd be better with a few bigger games in there. Um, but, yeah, they play all the rubbish teams, including United. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is absolutely the thing, isn't it? Everyone's saying, like, Leicester's, Leicester's
1: uh, run-in is the easiest on paper. But... But they have made their bones on beating teams that they weren't expected to beat. And I don't know, they, they're they so set up to counter-attack. And are they really going to be counter-attacking against Newcastle? I'm not sure. But they, they won against Watford, not particularly impressive, but a fantastic Mare's goal. And that injury that it looked like he was getting at the end didn't look like it's turned out to be an injury after all. And Kante came back from a hamstring two weeks after he'd done it somehow the power of maybe winning the league so yeah it's super super exciting for them the the Tottenham the North London derby was interesting an absolute battle of the bottle jobs <laughs> they were like yeah no 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 we'll throw it away no no you throw it away no we'll throw it away
0: yeah, a fine goal in there from Harry Kane as well, yeah. Who'd you, who'd you rather have if, if United wanted to put in the cheeky bid? Kane or Morris? Oh, Morris, definitely. I mean, I'm not saying that's what we
1: need or that's the sensible choice, but Morris is one of those footballers that makes the world a better place
0: by... It's very true. How many minutes... Ranging in between naught and one, <laughs> would Mares get in a Van Hal side? I mean, yeah, exactly. That just does, does not even bear thinking about. Can you imagine? He, he couldn't cope with uh, Di Maria's flakiness. <laughs> Mares is on a different level when it comes to to flaky wide man, but uh, a very special player.
1: Yeah, clearly. And he, I mean, I suspect he's got a huge career ahead of him. Um, Kane too, although like I would have been fair. I mean, I'm sure that Spurs fans probably have so much love for Harry Kane that like. It's like me watching Danny Welbeck. He can just get away with anything and I'll still go, yeah, but look at the three good things he did. But but there was a lot of very poor decision making from Kane. Uh, Tim Sparv of FC Midtjylland tweeting: "I don't think Harry Kane thinks a lot about shot location. Obviously, very important for Midtjylland. <laughs> yeah. st- statistically, Harry Kane would not score a lot of goals from the angles he shot from in that game." That's such a Midtjylland thing to say. Yeah, isn't exactly. It?
0: Yeah. Uh, he probably could have given us the uh, the exact
1: percentages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite the XG of uh, of Kane's performance for the, for
0: the grid that they have painted yeah. on the. the uh, the goal in the Michelin (laughs) training headquarters yeah no doubt at all so okay uh, we need some predictions don't we Um, what what do you think is going to happen in the week ahead I think Leicester are going to win the league does that count in the the week ahead
1: (laughs) Um, no uh, I I, I suppose I have to predict two United losses because that's what I really think is going to happen. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I hate to do this. I'm going to predict just a two-one loss at Liverpool. So there's, there's the ties alive at least. Um, but I think we're going to lose three-one uh, to West Ham at Old Trafford. Wow.
0: No, I don't think we'll ship two goals. So I'm going to go for a one-all at Anfield. Wow. Yeah. Why don't
1: you think we'll ship two goals? We're rubbish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we don't we don't lose a lot of goals so no, okay, uh, I'm going to go for the yeah the one all at Anfield and I think we I actually think we're going to lose I don't feel I have no confidence about West Ham and Old Trafford um, so yeah I think we're going to lose 1-0 alright there we
1: go so and We have at least rectified the fact that we've done a rank cast by predicting uh, terrible results for United. Although, actually, you predicted a pretty good result at Anfield in the away leg of a, Euro- a European tie. First time Liverpool and United have ever faced each other in the league. And uh, United sponsors celebrating with a terrible idea. Oh,
0: my God. God. Look, look. I don't know what sponsors listen to. Probably not many because we're not very nice about them. But if any sponsors, potential sponsors out there of United are listening to this podcast, if you ever decide in your marketing meeting to do some gimmick style marketing campaign with United, stop. Just stop. I will put you in, some, in touch with some people who will give you the right answer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I have some sympathy with the point of view, which is only United fans could complain about uh, their sponsors sending them free United kits worth 50 quid or whatever. Um, But it is just like, okay, come on. First of all, it isn't exactly part of away culture to wear your colours when you travel to Liverpool, right? That's, you know, it's not necessarily the way you would do it. Uh, Secondly, it just feels so tacky.
0: Yep. Yeah, because that's what our great club has become, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. We're, we are a, a platform for brands to leverage in the wanky speak that uh, that world adopts. So, yeah, it's um, every bit as tacky. I'm surprised they haven't done it even more cheesy and like drove everyone there in Chevrolet cars or something like that as well. I mean, that would at least be quite useful.
1: You would, you know, that that would be quite useful. And and the cynic in me says, if this game had happened in the uh, in, I mean, it couldn't have happened. But if it somehow happened in the group stages of the Champions League with a whole season of sales left for those shirts, do you think they'd have done it? Getting pretty late well, in the day yeah. to
0: ship that stock, aren't they? This this is the uh, the away kit that's going to be um, phased out in the summer. And mate, is this a special Europa League edition? <laughs> So you're going to be used for one, one game? <laughs> I guess
1: it'll have the font, won't it? It'll have the European font on the back. But yeah, anyway, that's um, very nice. Do you know the... what I should...
0: I, everyone should get... When they get the shirt, go get it. some names printed on it. Get the glazers printed on the back of it. Everyone. Yeah, so that's another cheery cast for the week. I think this is the most depressing cast we've done ever. On Tell us on Twitter, people. On a scale of naught to 11... How depressing was this rank cast?
1: I don't think this is the most depressing
0: rank cast of the season. It's been a bad season, Ed. It's been a bad season. It's so bad. I wish the season would just end now. I wish wish we'd all be done for taking Melodium or whatever it is. That sounds like some kind of radioactive material. This is Maria Sharapova and the the entire state of Russia, (laughs) apparently. On this uh, weird drug that's illegal, stroke not illegal. Yeah, I, I I hope we're doing it as well because we can just end the season now. I kind
1: of. uh, Melodium also sounds like a drug they made up in the sixties to make musicians better. But yeah, this season is is really dragging. Obviously. There's still the kind of little tiny part of me that thinks, well, maybe the Cups, da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, in a week and a half, that'll be over too. Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. Hooray, United, United, etc. I mean, you know, still fun, isn't it, football? It's just... So it's only football
0: and that. We, we, can, we can still all have a good time, can't we? It's not much fun when you slash your wrist, isn't it? <laughs> Don't do it, kids. That would be more fun right now. Anyway, right, look, um, uh, maybe I'm going to change my prediction. I think we're going to win 4-0 at Anfield. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, come on, we can do it. It would be wonderful. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, maybe we'll get something out of it. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: But we hope you've got something out of listening to this podcast. Um, You can get us on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of malarquies if you want to. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another one of these see you then